0: Thank God for His holy written word that Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will never, never pass away. title of our message this morning is, As You Have Spoken. As You Have Spoken. Kind of a strange title, but as I left the church on Wednesday evening after our fellowship, it was a time of uh, prayer and fasting and fellowship after the service was over and I'm driving home, all of a sudden, three times in my spirit, I heard those words just more authoritatively, rise up in my spirit. As you have spoken, so will I do unto you. As you have spoken, so will I do to you. As you have spoken, so will I do to you. And I've preached this many, 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 many times. But do you know what I'm talking about when I say it hit me like a ton of bricks? As you have spoken, so will I do to you. Think about that. God speaking that. In his word, to every single one of us, as you have spoken, so will I. You think he has the power to do it? Think he has the ability to do it? I know that he does. Look at Psalms, chapter 33, Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. It prompted me to come up with this message. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. God created the known world that we live in by the power of his spoken word. When he says something, it comes to pass. And his word will not return to him void. If he sent it to bless someone, it'll bless you. If he sent it to heal someone, you'll be healed. If he sent it to curse someone, you'll be cursed. If he sent it to deliver someone, you'll be delivered. If he sent it to help someone, you'll be helped. If he sent it to strengthen someone, you get the point, right? Well, years ago, he sent his word to a handmaid. She was about 15 years of age and said something to her that really defies all logic and reason. He said, you will conceive in your womb the Son of God. And she said, but I don't know a man. And as we read Luke chapter 1 verses 37 and 38, Gabriel said these words to her. He said, for the word of God will never fail. No matter how illogical it seems, Mary, how unrealistic it may seem to be to you, God's word will never fail. Can you say that with me? God's word never fails. Her response, and Mary said, notice Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Notice she didn't say, be it unto me according to biology 101. Be it unto me according to my feelings and emotions. Be it unto me what, according to what is reasonable. Be it unto me something that I can understand. No, be it unto me according to what? Thy word, your word that can't return void. Your word that accomplishes what you please that prospers in the thing where to you sent it, be it unto me according to your word. Can we say the same thing before the Lord this morning? Be it unto me according to your word. That should be the cry of our heart, every single one of us. Be it unto me according to your word. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, we have this revelation. God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. When God made us, He made us in His image and likeness, and He gave us power and authority. And just as His word has power, He gave man the ability to speak life and death from His tongue. Proverbs 4 18 21, what does it say? Death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. And they that love it, life or death, will eat the fruit. Thereof. In other words, we eat the fruit of our words. If we love life, we speak life, we eat the fruit of life. If we like death, we speak death, we eat the fruit of death. So, in other words, as we speak, so he does to us. No wonder in here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, look at this verse. You see, our words control our destiny. Listen to what God says My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. My innermost being will cheer when your lips say what is right. This is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And you know why I chose this one? Sometimes all it takes is one word to really stir something inside you. So when I read the word rejoice, I know rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, right? But when I saw the word cheer, It was like a flash. This happened. I've got, Krista and I have three athletic children. No one cheers like my wife. (laughs) No one is louder. I'm telling you, no one is more animated. When I watched Carly coming from behind and she, in her track meet, she won the race. My wife was going berserk. When Andrew th- scored his 7-3 pointer to win the game between the students and the teachers in the sixth grade, my wife was unglued. <laughs> when Dante ran 89 yards against New Brighton for a touchdown where he went up the middle, cough, caught up to the right side, then running down the sidelines, and a fellow that had the angle on him reached out and grabbed his shoulder pad and was just about to pull on him to pull him down. He shook him off and took... A, no one was screaming louder than my wife. I think she shook everybody there on the field. He probably, she probably distracted him from grabbing. She was so loud because she was cheering. You know what I mean? Cheering. So when I read that word and I saw that word cheer, that God in his innermost being will cheer, I thought, whoa, wait a minute. When does he cheer? When our lips speak right things and all of a sudden like a flash all this happens you know this is just a terrible day I can't imagine what's gonna happen today I just don't feel good I'm so down and out and you know what the kids oh, the kids just drive me crazy and you know what I I don't know we can even pay the bills I can just see him just sitting there on the throne just and you know I'm always sick the devil's always after me all the days of my life. And I know what I'm gonna do, where I'm gonna turn. Who's gonna help me? And anybody care about me? Who really cares about me? Kids do not care about me. No one cares about me. Even when I talk, no one listens. And I can just see him sitting there. And then all of a sudden some some messenger from God comes over and taps him on the shoulder. Did you know what God said about you? God loves you and God cares about you. And he began to share the, the gospel message, the truth of the word of God and starts talking about how much he loves them, what Jesus did for them, how he became their redemption, how he is their, their wisdom, their righteousness, how he is their ju- justification, how he is their, you know, all those. Jesus has made to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, right? And all of a sudden, the same person that was talking all day long like life is miserable, I don't know. All of a sudden, that person starts saying, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Hey, he redeemed me by his blood from all the hand of the enemy. And the hand of the enemy means, all oh, he redeemed me from the curse of the law. That's in his hand to try to destroy me with. But you know what? I'm not going to talk like that anymore. I'm going to start saying that I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and power of the greater one lives in me. All of a sudden... God gets up and starts cheering. Glory to God. Listen, glory to me, he's probably saying. Glory to me. Did you hear that? When we start speaking right things, he cheers finally. Are you getting this? So is he cheering or is he just sitting there like? Because as we speak is what he does to us. Look at the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 2, what it says. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, you are on the earth. Therefore, let your words be many. Be few, right? Be few. Let your words be what? Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying, Lord. Let my words be few. All right. God is listening to our words. I'm going to share five points with you this morning. Number one, God is listening to our words. Do we know that? Do we recognize that? Do we realize that? He's listening to our prayers. Thank God that he does. Right? Look what the word teaches About him listening to our prayers. He in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 29. The Lord is far from the wicked. Notice far from the wicked. But he hears the prayers of the righteous. Is he your righteousness? Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? His ears are attentive to our prayers. He hears our prayers. Next He can refuse to hear. Look at Psalm 66 and verse 18. He can refuse to hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Isn't that what James said? If you ask and ask amiss, you're wrong. So he hears if our heart is right. If we're in sin, if we're in pride, if we're in arrogance or whatever, he will not hear. He hears the cry. Of God's people, of His people. Are you crying out to God? Look at Look at uh, Psalm 15, and verse uh, 34. I'm sorry, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. He hears our prayers. He hears our cry. He can refuse to hear if we're in sin and our motives are wrong. But also, He hears our faith. Look in Matthew's gospel, chapter 8. He hears our faith. He hears if we're in doubt and unbelief, and he hears if we're in faith. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come out of my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he go. To this man, come, and he come. To another, come, and he come. And to this man, do this. To my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it... He marveled and said to them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. He hears our faith. He hears our words. He hears our prayers. He hears our cry. He's listening to what we're saying, so let your words be what? Few, concise, to the point. Let them line up with the word of God because he hears our faith. But then finally, he hears our grumbling and complaining. Look at the book of Numbers. He hears our grumbling and complaining. Chapter 14. We're going to read two uh, translations. And the Lord spake unto Moses unto Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard. I have heard. What have you heard, Lord? The murmuring of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Saying to them as truly as I live. Whew. As truly as I live, send them this word. As you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Say to them, as you've spoken in my ears, so shall I do to you. Now, you know that they weren't directly speaking to God. You realize that. They were talking to Moses. Moses, why'd you bring us out here? Moses, why'd you do this? Moses, why'd you do that? Complaining about there's no food to eat. There's no water to drink. There's no this. There's no that. There's no meat. There's no meat. They were complaining and murmuring and complaining and murmuring. But God says, he took it personal. You're speaking against me. That's an indictment against me. As you spoke in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which you have murmured against me. Look at from the New Living Translation. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. You will drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older, and was included in the registration will die. His word does not return void. It accomplishes that what he pleases and prospers in the thing where to he sent it. And when we speak out against his word, as we speak, he says, That's what I'm gonna do to you. In other words, you control your own destiny with the words of your mouth. James said it this way we put bits in the, in the horse's mouth to control that whole body, though it's big, but still it does. What it needs to do based on the bit. And the rudder of the, of the ship, small thing, but it turns that whole massive ship. Does it not? The steering wheel of the car, not much weight to it, is there? But what does it do to the whole car? Steers it in the direction that you want it to go in. So is the tongue among our members. And he says, as you speak, that's what I will do to you. Our words determine our destiny. Our destiny. Notice in the book of Numbers, this is chapter 13. Notice our words determine our destiny. This verse, again, I'll pull it out. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you've spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. This is our destiny. Our destination, of course, is where we want to end up. But our destiny is the trip along the way. And he says, during the trip along the way, as you speak in my ears, that's what's going to be done in your life. Look in the book of Numbers chapter 13, because we have death and life represented in both of these incidents. Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. Our tongue controls our destiny. But the men that went up with him said to spy out the land... We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. That's what they said. And God said, as you spoke in my ears, so will I do to you. So not one person 20 years or older entered the promised land. Not one tasted the grapes or ate the grapes or tasted the honey or drank the milk that was in that land. Not one. 20 years and older. So it sounds like to me that if you're 19 or under, you got it made for a while. But if you're 20 years older, we better get it together. Look at the next one, verse 30, Numbers 13, 30. Now we have Caleb speaking. And Caleb says, he stills the people before Moses and says, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are not just able, we are well able to take the land. Oh, I know it looks bad. I know it sounds bad, I know that it it doesn't seem logical or reasonable that we should do this or that we can do this, but listen folks, we're not doing it in our own strength or ability. We're not relying on ourselves or our own powers. We are putting this situation in the hands of a living God. And we're going to speak some right things. We are well able to take the land because God is on our side. Joshua said, the people are bread for us. Something to feed on, to feed our faith. And you know what? God will get us into the promised land. But they picked up stones to stone them. Think about that. Because they spoke the right thing. They picked up stones. Because it's more natural for us to believe our five senses than it is to believe beyond what they tell us. What we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we feel, what we smell. What happened to these individuals? We're going to show you. These guys, they, taste, they ate the grapes. They tasted the honey. And they drank milk in the promised land. Think about that. You talk about our destiny. We can control it with our tongues. They were kept out because they said we can't. They were brought in and they said because they said we could. Small, small difference between the two. N apostrophe T. Can, can't. It's easy to say you can't. You can't. can't. I can't. I can't. It's time to start saying, God can. God can. God can bring me into the promised land. It would have been okay for them to say, you know what? In our own strength, we can't do it. But God can. And he's on our side. And if God be for us, who could be against us? True? Okay. Number three. What we speak in God's ears is what we get. Are we quiet this morning because of what I'm talking about? Just to let you all know, I've asked Chuck to buy a big supply of duct tape. It'll be in these books. T- okay? So that when we're done with this message, everybody can buy their own supply of it. And you can't take it off until you can speak right things. <laughs> Myself included. Look at Numbers chapter 14 verses 36 and 37 in this. If this doesn't make you cringe, I don't know what will. You ready for it? The leaders, the 10 spies that were the leaders that basically spoke to them and said, we can't, we can't, we can't. Now remember, one spy from every tribe of Israel went forth. Two came back that spoke. And said, We can. Ten came back and said, We can't. And the people gravitated toward the I can't, we can't group. And that's what they embraced and said, We can't. Well, God said, As you spoke in my ears, death and life are in the power of the what? So as you spoke in my ears, so will I do to you and the men which Moses sent to search the land. These are the leaders, the board members who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against the Lord and by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. They died by the plague before the Lord. Now, Jewish history says worms ate out their tongues, jaws, and navels. Mouth, heart. Mouth, heart. Notice death. Immediate death fell upon them. Why? Because with their words, they influenced the people, the two and a half million people, to do what? Say we can't. You can't. It's unreasonable. It's illogical. Beloved, the life of faith is not reasonable or logical. If you really consider it. Okay, I'm going to read to you from John Gill's commentary. Though the Jews differ, differently relate the manner of their death, some say worms came out of their navels and up to their jaws and ate them and their tongues. And others that they came out of their tongues and entered to their navels. Which would you prefer? which they take to be a just retaliation for sinning with their tongues. The Jews actually said it's, it's, it's really a just retaliation because they sin with their tongues. So the 10 leaders, remember James said, don't be many teachers. You receive the greater judgment or the greater condemnation. Remember that? Because you better, you better preach and teach the right thing. It may be hard, it may be difficult, it may be challenging, but preach the right thing. Tell the people they can. Don't tell them that they can't. Well, their tongues, were, I, I was curious about what the plague was. I found out what it was. Their tongues were eaten out. Their navels were eaten out. Now that, that's pretty serious, wouldn't you say? What kind of judgment fell upon these individuals? Well, did they get death? Was death in, death in the power of the tongue? Look at the next verse. Numbers 14, 38. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still life in the power of the tongue. The ten got death. The two got life. What was the distinct difference between the two? We can. We can. not Wow. That's simple. The simplicity of the gospel. Let that sink into our ears. Why? Because as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? All right. Next, number four. The words we speak really... Are a vital component to healing. And that's what our subject is today. A vital component to healing. Remember, he sent his word and healed them. Look at Proverbs 13 and verse 3. And this is from the, once again, Holman Christian Standard Bible. The one who guards his mouth protects his life, the one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. Our words can preserve us. Our, our words can be our downfall. They can ruin us. They open up the door to all kinds of evil in our lives. The sword of the spirit is voice activated. I want to say that again. When we talk about the armor of God, we have the offensive armor of the sword of the spirit, Right? Well, the sword of the Spirit is voiced, activated. When we speak the word, we activate the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And also, the redemptive work of Christ is unleashed in our lives. Those two things happen when you and I give voice to the word of God. We activate the anointing. We activate the power of the Spirit, the healing power of God. And not just initially, but we keep it active as we continue to speak the word with regard to I've received my healing. i receive my healing. And we're going to share some testimonies to show us how it works. But we activate the anointing and we release the redemptive work of Christ, the atoning work of Christ in our bodies. Actually in spirit, soul, and body. So our words are extremely important. Did you notice no other being or creature on the planet has the opportunity to speak except human beings? I know some think their dogs talk. but And some think that Mr. Ed talks. I dated myself, didn't I? For those of you that are younger, the talking horse, he, he, you know, he talks. Oh, television does so much for us, doesn't it? oh help us Lord the words we speak activate the anointing and keep it flowing the words that we speak release the atoning work of Christ and the power of the blood keeps it flowing until what? until the work is manifested, until the work is done now I'm going to share with you the testimony I did this on Wednesday night, I got a little bit more here to share with you Emily Dotson, and many didn't know about her testimony of healing. How many of you here today have heard the name Emily Dotson other than Wednesday night? Not a soul. But listen to her testimony. In 1983, I stood on God's word night and day for my healing from lupus. She was in the last stages. The doctor said there's no recovery. It's an autoimmune disease that attacks your organs, attacks your body. And she was at the point of death. And no one ever taught her the truth of God's word until she heard a minister of the gospel teach what you're hearing today. And she said, I stood on God's word night and day for my healing from lupus. And this is how I personalized Joshua 1.8. Let's throw Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Here's how she personalized it. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, and so I will meditate therein day and night, that I may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then I will make my way prosperous, and I shall have good success. God performs the word that we proclaim with our mouth because Jesus is the high priest of our profession or confession. We must confess God's word so that he can bring his will to pass. Then God hastens to perform his word. So it is only God's word that we speak that he hastens to perform. So we must confess the answer that we find in God's word and reject the problem. We cannot talk the problem. Instead, we must claim God's answer. We cannot use our own intellect to get the enemy out of our mind once we have entertained his lies. We then must take God's word and force Satan's stronghold out of our mind. That is why we must meditate the word day and night like Joshua said to do. God's power comes through his word as we meditate it and speak it orally with our mouth. Satan is no match for the word. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It drives the enemy out of our body and also out of our mind and you ready for this? She did this one entire year, day and night, day and night, day and night. She said, he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from my destruction. He sent his word. You sent your word, Lord, and healed me and delivered me from my affliction she kept the anointing she kept the power flow flowing in her body by declaring it and decreeing it and whenever the enemy attacked her mind and says feel yourself you're not healed look at what the report says you're not healed she said i just kept on saying what the word said i am delivered from lupus lupus cannot live in my body my organs are functioning perfectly normal by the hand of almighty god who created them she declared she decreed she confessed she proclaimed when i came to teaching this message 38 years ago i I was tagged as a lunatic, as a heretic, preaching heresy, false teaching. Beloved, I go across the internet today. I see how many people have embraced this message. It's beyond words. Now they're beginning to see, and sometimes it makes you wonder why. You know why they're seeing it today? Because medical science says, hey, we've discovered that uh, your words have something to do with your body. Really? James said that how many years ago? Your tongue controls your whole flesh. Your tongue controls your whole destiny. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. And think about this. When you hook up your tongue to the word of God that cannot return void, you hooked up with the greatest force in all the universe. So whose report will we believe? The report of the Lord? All oh, the report of our five senses. Think about that. One woman was told that she needed a new liver. That she was dying. She would be dead in a, in a short period of time. Maybe within six weeks, I think it was. She heard this same message. And she said, I believe I receive a new liver. And 70 times every single day, She walked around her dining room table. And said thank you Lord for my new liver. Thank you Lord for my new liver. I have a new liver. I have a new liver. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Months went by. She was supposed to be gone. Months went by. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. I'm sure the neighbors thought she was crazy. I'm sure her family members thought she was crazy. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Nine months went by. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. Thank you for my new liver. i receive a new liver. I have a new liver one year went by she went back to the doctors for a checkup he comes out after the checkup and he brings the x-rays from the first the x-rays now he goes I can understand it this was your liver then you have a new liver now hallelujah hallelujah but notice the fortitude you know, when we talk about perseverance, talk about persevering, continued application of a, of a certain thing, no matter what you think, what you feel, the opposite that come against you. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Why am I saying it? Because God's word cannot return to him void. It, can, it must accomplish what he pleases. It prospers in the thing whereto he sent it because that is the word of God. Look at this next one. A man in a wheelchair. Throw up Romans 4.17 if you wouldn't mind. The man who was in a wheelchair went to a meeting such as this. And he heard taught, confession brings possession. Confession brings possession. Based on this verse, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls things which be not as though they were. God calls things that be not as though they were. He expects us to call things that be not as though they were because that's true faith and action. And so he goes to this meeting, he hears this message being taught. And he says, this fellow comes up, he's in a wheelchair and he comes up. He hasn't walked in years. Uh, his legs are crooked and all that. Uh, deformed. Whatever caused it. But as he's coming up. He said confession brings possession. Tell the man confession brings possession. Now remember. He's coming to a meeting. He's been prayed before, before and all that sort of thing. He's just coming up to the altar. And this preacher tells him confession brings possession. So look at your legs. And confess. And declare. And decree. Legs straighten out. Crooked legs. Straighten out. Crooked leg. And he said, the fellow looked at him, very upset, very angry, like, Look, I came for prayer. And you're telling me to do something? He said, It took this preacher time. See, sometimes we want fast meetings. I think it took him 15 to 20 minutes with one person just to say, Look, buddy, did you not hear the message that was just preached? Confession brings possession. Confession brings possession. Talk to your legs. Confession brings possession. Tell them to straighten out. He's getting a little bit angrier by the moment. Finally, after 15 minutes of preaching again to this one person, talk to your legs. Speak to your mountain. You ready for this? Jesus said we could have what we say, but we'd rather say what we have. Let that sink into our ears. We say what we have. I have crooked legs. He says you can have what you say. Legs straighten. After 15 minutes, the the finally the guy started saying. I think I'm seeing it. So he starts saying legs straighten. I call you straightened. I call you healed. I call you straightened. I call you whole legs. He said after five minutes of doing that, all of a sudden, the power of God fell upon him. He's got tears streaming down his face. And all of a sudden, he is saying it with more enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Legs straightened in the name of Jesus. I command you to straighten in the name of Jesus. The preacher's ministering to other people. All of a sudden, he looks over the guys running across the platform. Completely healed. Hallelujah. Another uh, individual, Club Feet. James 5, 14, 15. Let's put it up there. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. If he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. We all believe in the anointing of all, right? And laying on of hands, praying the prayer of faith. We do. Well, on this occasion, this fellow who's been in church for years, for 20 years, he saw people being anointed with all and all, that sort of thing. And he's got club feet. Now he comes, he's coming up for prayer. He wants anointed with oil. He says, I'm calling upon you to anoint me with oil. So the preacher anoints him with oil, but he says to him, look, now I'm anointing you with this oil. I'm praying the prayer of faith. And here's what happens. Most people, they, by the time they walk out the church, no, I, I was prayed for, but nothing happened. Listen to those words. I prayed for, but nothing happened. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. So what happened to him? Nothing. Because he said, nothing happened. He said, I'm instructing you, when you leave this church, don't even go home and talk to your wife with some just casual conversation. You've been anointed. He says, I didn't feel any anointing when I prayed for him. He didn't feel any anointing when I prayed for him. I just anointed him with all in obedience to the word of God. He said, He left the building, he went home. That's the last he knew, the preacher. The next night, he's coming to the church. The preacher is to preach again. All of a sudden, he sees this well-dressed businessman walking up to him. He said to the preacher, he said, hey, remember me? He says, yeah, aren't you the fellow we prayed for last night with club feet? He said, yeah. I went home and did exactly what you said. I didn't have any kind of conversation with my wife. I went to my bedroom. I lay down on my bed, and I said this. I was anointed with oil in the name of the Lord. I was prayed over. The prayer of faith was prayed over me. So as far as I'm concerned, I have new feet. He said, I said it, and I said it, and I said it, and I said it until I fell asleep. I have new feet. I have new feet. I've been prayed for. I was anointed with oil. I have new feet. He said, I threw the covers back in the morning, and just like I did every morning, and I, when I put my feet down, I looked down, they were all brand new no club feet any longer. Why am I saying all this? Because I think we've been too often just trained the wrong way. We're not saying we won't lay hands on people. We will. We're going to give you prayer cloths today. And there's going to be a strong anointing here. I guarantee it. But you see, what happens is it dies in the parking lot. Are you following me? It dies in the parking lot. Because the average person walks off and just say, yeah, I was prayed for, it, but you know what? Nothing happened. I still my ears still hurts. My legs still hurts. My knees still hurts. My toes still hurt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what did he say we would have? Whatever we say. What would he do? As we spoke in his ears so when we leave the church after you've been prayed for if we were to walk out here and say I've been prayed for in the name of Jesus the power and the anointing of almighty God was ministered to my body to my life I am releasing that anointing I'm continuing the flow of that anointing I'm releasing praise God the atoning work of Jesus Christ in my life and I'm going to agree with the word of God because he sent his word to heal me and deliver me from my destructions and I thank God my body has to respond to the word of almighty God because I will have what I say because he said so can you say amen Amen. hallelujah and then finally number five point number five what are we saying that the lord is hearing oh my goodness i would even suggest this even to myself take a tape recorder around you and listen to what you say throughout the course of one day and then kind of evaluate that whole thing and find out on that tape how much is doubt and unbelief How much is fear, worry, and anxiety? And how much is really the spoken word of God? I want you to notice this verse of Scripture. In Psalm 107 verse 20, we've already quoted it, but I want us to see it with our eyes. Keep the word before your eyes because it's life and health to all your flesh. Either we're going to be speaking words of death like the first group were, the 10 spies did, and the other 2.5 million. We're going to speak words like Joshua and Caleb did. And start saying what the word of God says. Not because you're hearing me preach it. But because you took your Bible. Because you embraced it. You took the truth of God's word. With his stripes I was healed. You bore my sin sickness and carried my pain. I'm redeemed from the curse from, of the law. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He sent his word. And what do we say about God's word? Whatever it's sent. It does what it was sent to do. He sent his word And healed them and delivered them from their destructions. What's the good news? He sent his word, Jesus, to heal us and deliver us from our destructions. And all he wants us to do is agree with it. Embrace it. Believe it. Confess it. Meditate it until God performs it in our lives it took that woman 1 year but she was totally free from lupus and she's 88 years old now in perfect health. Was it worth 1 year of meditating the word, confessing the word and proclaim or or just die? Think about it. And she's a traveling evangelist and she has taught this truth and many have been healed, delivered and set free as a result. The the most outstanding miracle I think I've ever heard along this line is the woman whose child was born, and I mean the birth defects are untold. Basically, no life. Crippled, sickly, never walked, etc. She heard this message preached. No, actually that's not true. What she heard was what she read in the Word of God. Her testimony is this. She read Mark 9 23. All things are possible to him that believeth. Say it with me. All things all things, all things, things are, possible are possible to him that believes. She said, I read that verse and it hit me like a bolt of lightning. She said, if all things are possible to him that believes." then I believe, Jesus, one day you're going to walk into my living room. You are going to pray for my daughter, and you're going to make her whole. She will walk. She will leap. She will pray. That's what I believe. I believe that because you're the healer. She did this all day long, every day of her life. Jesus, I believe that one day you will walk into my living room, and you will heal my daughter. I believe that. You know, we know that he did it already at the cross, but this one just learned that verse, and she said, you said whatever I believe will be done. For 14 years, she said it, and one day as she stood in front of her window, looking out the window, she said, Jesus, I believe that one day you're going to walk right into my living room, and you are going to heal my daughter. She said, as I looked up, I saw at a distance a cloud. It was like a white cloud. It got closer. It got closer. It got closer. All of a sudden, it was bright, and it was brilliant. All of a sudden, it entered into my living room, and out of the cloud stepped Jesus, who walked over to my daughter and said, be healed. And she got completely healed of everything that she had and rose up completely whole. Hallelujah perseverance do we even know the word what it means because you see the microwave society that we live in we want it yesterday or we say it three times that confession business doesn't work i said it three times and nothing happened you ever stop and think about this The one who's got to change by the confession is not God, but me. I've got to change. I've got to talk myself into believing that that word is exalted above my feelings, above my emotions. You see, what's going to happen is your flesh will get in the way. Your mind will get in the way. How many of you know it's easy to say, with your stripes I'm healed, I agree, when you're completely healthy, vibrant, full of life, and you have no pain in your body whatsoever. Isn't that easy? Yeah. I'm healed, brother. I'm healed, sister. Hallelujah. I believe the word of God. All of a sudden, a pain comes, an ache comes. I see the same person like, oh, man. I'm so miserable today. By you're healed. Oh, I'm so miserable today. The body will rebel against it. The mind will rebel against it. It's illogical. Tell that to Mary. It's illogical. Do you see what I'm saying? Speak the word only, the centurion said, and my servants shall be healed. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. But guess what? Right before what she said, guess what Zechariah said? How can we have children? We're old people. Gabriel said, for that your mouth will be closed and you won't speak. Until the child is born. Is that powerful? And he was struck dumb until the child was born, and he wrote on a notepad, his name's John. How about that? The fellow who's in the office of the priest every day serving the Lord in the temple doesn't believe it. Mary, this 15-year-old girl, beat unto me <laughs> according to your word. She conceives the Son of God. All his wife conceived was John the Baptist, but he's a great guy. No, don't get me wrong. So which is harder, an older woman giving birth or a young girl who never had a man? I'm not asking you to go there, Aaron. I I know, mm -mm, he said, mm -mm, I'm not going there. (laughs) No, 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 he says. Which is easier? God had to do what? He had to recreate their parts. You know, in Mary, in in Elizabeth, the same thing he did with Sarah and all that, right? Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible. The the difficulty lies in us. What are we saying? Praise and worship team coming up here. Just as you're sitting there right now, what is our conclusion? What is God hearing me say? And why should I ask myself that question? Because as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Did you get that? What is God hearing me say? I just can't pay my bills. I just don't know his direction for my life. I don't understand scripture. I can never understand it. I have difficulty. You see, I learn slowly what is he hearing us say? I'll never get healed. I'll never be whole. What is he hearing us say? Because if we say the right thing, we unleash the anointing of the spirit. We release the atoning work of Jesus Christ into our lives. And as we stay with it and stay with it and stay with it and stay with it and stay with it, guess what? God says, where I send my word, it produces. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today.